Welcome back to Range Anxiety for your midweek session. And that, uh, everyone, was a track by the name of Converter from a band uh, called Mega Drive. Some computer-generated thing. Sounds like it should be on the intro to one of those, you know, Tesla Days, like whatever they're called, like, you know, AI Day or Half-Wit Day or Oyster Farming Day. And welcome back. To all you, all my fans, are flat earthers, are booger eaters, and this is probably going to be the last Range Anxiety podcast, maybe, for a little bit, because um, three days after you hear this, we're going to be filming um, the first of the YouTube vids, which is really cool. Uh, I don't know how long that'll take to actually, you know, we're going to get into a rhythm with the film guys and, and, and everything else to, you know, see how quickly we can make it happen and how far in advance we got to be. So we got a bit... I suppose we got a bit of what they call a learning curve between now and when you see us on YouTube. But, you know, again, I'm committing to it fairly heavily. So, uh, yeah, you will uh, be able to sit there and listen to that. Yes, motorcycle. We're at Ashton Cold Stores today. More on that in a minute. One of my favourite places to be when I'm sitting by myself uh, talking in a motor car. But, yeah, so you'll be able to sit down... Turn the box on, you know, get on the telly. People go, you must be old, you use the word telly. Get on the telly, shuck up a few warm boogers and sit back and watch Range Anxiety. And I, I think I think you're actually all going to like it because we're going to keep our flavour that we've got. And, you know, not booger flavour, just general flavour. We're going to talk, you know, in depth about companies like Stellantis, you know, and other flops of various kinds of the automotive industry. And it's going to be fun. But back on to this Epicast, you know, and again, they're a little bit shorter and they're probably a little bit weaker and softer than you're normally hearing, but that's because my mind is elsewhere. But today, I must admit I'm doing this on the Sunday for your listening on a Wednesday. I'm sorry, I'm getting a bit ahead of myself, but today I had to drive up to my favourite place, Ashton Cold Stores, and through the hills, up Green Hill Road. From Anglewell, that's a fair hike. You're going to go all the way down Portrush. Nearly to the southeastern freeway, go left at the Burnside Council Chambers and all the way up Greenhill to Ashton. And today is also a day two, is it? Or day one of the Santos Tour Down Under. And it has two of my least favourite things lumped in one spot. Uh, the people that mine oil and gas are sponsoring the people that mine boogers uh, in the middle of the road just as you're trying to drive because you see what happens unlike any other sport or event once there's a push bike race in town and I don't know they're supposed to be called racing bikes or whatever they're supposed to be called but to me they're a fucking push bike right you know like you used to ride to school on just a fancy lightweight carbon version but whenever there's a push bike race on it seems everyone wants to be a push bike racer on the road. Now, I've had a go at cyclists before, and even, you know, flat earthers of the likes of Gareth actually backed me up, and he goes, I don't like listening to that, that shit you crank on about on EVs, on Wayne's anxiety, mate, but you are right about the cyclists, they are cockheads. He did say something similar, even though that's not his voice. I think it, it fits anyone that drives a Pajero, doesn't it? Just add instant shovel and a tummy ache. So, 
Gareth doesn't see this because he's more of a plains dweller like me. He doesn't do as much hills driving. You know, when we're out at Anglevale Way and out north, there aren't hills, there aren't trees, there's dust and blowies and stuff. But when you venture into the, the, the ranges and into the mountains and the hills here in South Australia, that's where the push bike riders do their thing. So let's just say there's a few public roads that are shut, you know, various times for at least two are down under riders, like, you know, Flopsy Franagelli from Spain and, the uh, you know, Ballsack Racing Team from Italy and, you know, they, they do their thing. But what happens is that everyone else with a push bike then dresses in all of their lycra and shit with their expensive, you know, $20,000 bikes and proceed to race on the open roads, which is just plain fucking stupid. Put this into perspective. Imagine when the car race is on in town here, the Clipsal 500 or the Valo 500, not at Oyster Farmers with their Ned Bourbons, you're out there and they're watching Brocky and Clownsy and Mark Coldbottom, Frosty Bum and all of them blokes racing for sheep stations in their actual road, identical to the road car Mount Mustangs and Commodores. I think one's got a 308 or something like that, but they're the same one you can buy, mate. Even though you can't buy a Commodore at all, brand new anymore. Imagine if those guys got out their imitation V8 supercars, put a racing suit, a helmet on, and went as fast as they fucking could without any uh, comprehension or, or obeying of road rules on the road. This is exactly what the cyclists are doing. Not giving a fuck for any other road users part themselves and trying to go as fast as they can. I saw one doing about... Oh, look, it was pretty fast. It would have been 70, 75 kilometres an hour in a 50 zone that I just went through. And yeah, I was, you know, I just, for technical, mathematical, Stellantis style reasons, I decided to keep up with him in the Model 3 performance. And yeah, he was doing that speed. Will he get into trouble? Will he get fined for doing that? No. Will I get fined for doing that? Yes. If he causes an accident, will he get lugged off to jail for doing that? No. If I do, will I? Yes. So you see how stupid it is? These flops, they can't ride a lot of them. Some of them probably. Can he comes one now I'm looking at? He's going flat stick. This is an 80 zone here, so we won't be breaking the law, but flat stick in the middle of the road across the center line. Oh, he's standing up on his pedals now to give him a stretchy old hammies. And he's looking at me so you can see me talking as I'm looking at him. Yeah, flat out down the middle of the road. Give a fuck, mate. If you were to do that, and if fucking, you know, Donnie Snot Gobbler in his fucking VN put some fats on it and did fucking skids all around the hills while dressed like Clownsy, he'll go to fucking jail. But you do it on a push bike, you're just seen as some sort of fucking vegan warrior. And there was some, there was some fuckwit. And again, it's not, this isn't just against push bike riders, but if the shoe fits, fucking wear it, your flops, right? There was some dick bag bike rider that went around like keying, keyed some, some fucking Ferrari at, at the Adelaide, some Adelaide motorsport festival thing that we all stood around for, for five hours and sort of watched. Someone had parked an old, I think it was a 308 GT4. So thankfully it wasn't a good Ferrari, right? was a shitter as a guy, but some flop on a bike just went through the park lanes where it was parked and keyed it, and they got him on camera or something, you know? Fuck me dead. Like, they don't, and there's another one called the Vegan Racer or something, some flop, 
on a pushy that goes around trying to fight cyclists. You know, and he gets off and he hops around and tries to kickbox, uh, sorry, tries to kickbox drivers if they get within 50 metres of him. You know, apparently he's a tough guy. Fucking try it with me, mate, and see how you're going to fight two tonne of car. Yeah, you know. It is, it, Adelaide's really bad for that. We encourage cyclists, and the government here encourage cyclists to be fuckheads with no punishment, no road rules, and no restraint. But if you drive a car, you're the fucking enemy, right? If you drive a car without traction control on, they're going to give you a $5,000 fine. We've been through that. You drive a fucking push bike at twice the speed limit without pants on, they want to write you a check. Go figure. And that's from a state government that are funding all these jobs for the boys' little motorsport events where they get backhanders. But when it comes to the actual reality of what they think of you, they fucking hate you. And that's just the way it is. You know, you're, um, sorry, you know, if, if you don't like that. And if there's some officials sitting here going, oh, that's terrible. You know, they're putting up they're putting up um, little towers, I've noticed, everywhere with trailers and, and solar panels with a big pole on them, a little camera on them, trying, try you know, work out how to take three demerit points and 700 bucks off anyone that touches their phone screen. You know, like, yet yeah, I can sit there in a Tesla and draw a picture of a cock as I'm driving on the dash, all in the name of vehicle control, and let the fucking camera take a picture of that. Well, enough of that rant. I was getting a bit heated there. We can't be heated here at range anxiety. So I've got a mate coming around for a couple of drinks in a minute. Um, the intro track converter, I'm getting a lot. The reason that was the way it was and the reason we're talking about this and the reason I'm starting to hurry up as I'm speaking, that was um, to do with, I'm getting a lot of inquiries from people, you know, mates of the, sorry, that was my Apple watch band. I was just, you know, doing, that's not the crackle tune podcast. That's me. Um, I've got a lot of inquiry from mates uh, wanting to build classic EVs. And it's like, for a start, don't. That's actually my advice. You know, how do I retro power train, a, you know, EV power train a, um, a classic? A, just fucking don't. But B, if you have to, there are some really good rules that you need to follow and things that you need to keep in mind. Um, notably, the most common platform that I have seen for EVs is uh, the humble old Whoppy, the, the Volkswagen, the Beetle, followed by the 911, uh, Porsche, followed by the crappy old SW20 MR2. And what have all of those cars got in common, apart from the fact that uh, Beetle 911 and MR2 all had shit powertrains? It's all to do with packaging and layout and how an EV conversion actually integrates into that basic platform so it's always good to get a car for a start okay you want to do an ev conversion here's a few things to look at if you can get the first thing i would do is get an old car that doesn't have fuck all in the way of electronics that you need to control from your new ev heart right you're gonna go why Dear iPhone John, wheels, I said, I saw some guy on YouTube says the car is a telephone, so why, why can't it fucking run an air conditioner or something? It's not quite that easy. These things don't have a belt structure as such, right? So all of your, your air conditioners, your pumps, everything that's in a vehicle to run all of the shit that's in it, such as power steering, um, cooling systems, whatever, is driven off a belt. Uh, heaters, uh, 
fucking those plastic bottles keep going click. Um, heaters, air conditioners, whatever that's run off a compressor or a pump now has to be a PTZ or a resistive style uh, heater or cooler and it's all going to be electric. So if you've got a car that's air conditioned, you've got to replace your air conditioner with an electric air conditioner. If you've got a car that's heated, you've got to replace your heater system with a resistive style heater and you can do all of this. Um, but it's better off to get a car that doesn't have any of that shit in it. Like, for example, let's have a look at the humble old, dirty old Beetle. It's got a tiny little powertrain in the back that's held in by about four bolts. The dirty old Whoppy, right? Which is great, because an electric powertrain is a little lightweight thing that's held in by about four bolts too, right? Perfect, excellent. And it drives directly, doesn't have a, you know, a diff per se or a or a fucking prop shaft, it drives through a couple, I don't even know how whoppies do it, I'd probably sip it or a Porsche, I've never got my hands dirty on one of those rancid old things, and I'm glad I haven't, but I imagine an adapter that bolts uh, the existing gearbox to the output of the electric motor, lock the fucking thing in fourth gear, right, don't even worry about having gears or a clutch, or maybe have a clutch so you can work out a, uh, no, don't even have a clutch, fuck it, um, lock the thing in fourth gear, and there's your powertrain done in the back. What do you need to run by a belt? Well, you, if you look at a dirty old whoppy, nothing. They've got shitty old manual steering. They had a heater that never worked two fucks at any time. Um, they didn't have any cooling as such, ever. There was no water sloshing around in the things. And actually, interestingly enough, like most uh, home EV conversions, Beatles used to like um, spontaneously combusting for barely uh, no reason at all either. Once you got leaves and oil and shit caught around all the fins in the barrels. So that's why the Whoppies are so um, popular. And in the, in the, in the, under the bonnet or the frunk, as it will now be now, it's electric. The front trunk, that's where your battery and shit and um, charger and and inverter and everything goes in the front there, right? So you build your all your little module in there, and you put your powertrain in the back, and Bob's your fucking uncle. You've got an EV that works. And if you're half, you know, you don't even have to be that half smart to do it because there are companies like EV West that sell conversion kits, and you know, I'm a bit out of touch with what kits are out there because that's moving pretty fast at the moment. But the bottom line is, you know, if you want one, uh, at the time you want one, then do your research because shit changes. Same thing goes true with a 911 because they didn't have any control systems that worked worth a fuck at any point in their life up until about the 996 era. They were basically just junk. Um, so they too are just to be treated as a big beetle and really, really easy to EV convert. Excellent. And the same with the MR2, right? Now you're starting to get all this rear engine rubbish. Really, really easy. The front engine stuff isn't quite so easy because you've got to make a decision. Now, in an EV conversion I'm doing at the moment, do you mount it in the front where the transmission and engine was, or do you try and make something that bolts onto the diff and just drives like it is a whole transaxle unit itself and just drives straight out of the rear, or, you know, if it's a rear-wheel drive, obviously, and a lot of most of the old crap is. Um... The conversion I did, because it's got to be repairable with off-the-shelf or pre-existing parts, I did a special um, high-torque coupler um, designed a subframe that goes where the transmission would and the engine, my Hyper 9, sits in a 120, 40 horsepower motor, whatever it is, sits in there, 
right? It sits in that spot where the original transmission was. Tiny little thing it is. And where the engine was is where the battery packs sit. And I think I've mentioned this before. The engine and transmission was like 400 kilos in this dirty old stinking diesel thing. And it turns out my electric motor and battery pack were about 415 kilos. So that car should be really quite well balanced and with probably a lower... Um, center of gravity than stock but that suits me but unfortunately this is a passenger carrying vehicle that has two heating systems and two cooling systems or channeling systems in it so this is going to be a real bastard for me to control electrically so I may put an auxiliary small electric motor on it in the front uh, to drive a flat plate with the existing belt structure and ancillaries on it like you know 12 volt uh, maybe not the 12 volt, but power steering pump and all sorts of other things because that will allow these cars to be fixed in service really easily because there's a lot of spare parts for them around. Whether I can do that cheaply enough or it actually makes sense once we've got it all together and laid out, that's another thing. But I want to be driving this thing uh, very, very soon. But, you know, it has power steering. It has um, air conditioning compressors. It has stuff like that. So it is going to be a pain in the ass versus your old Beetle or whatever. Now, don't be fooled by the guys and gals that you see that, you know, you get old, you know, El Caminos or, you know, Cadillac Turd Buster 57 editions and whatever, and put, you know, do a Tesla swap. Say it really quick. Tesla swap. Tesla swap. Tesla swap. Stellantis swap. That's better. It's not that fucking easy. You need to know what you're doing. You need to have engineering smarts. And, you know, you need not to be a booger eater, which is, you know, goes against the grain of most of the people that own those old shit boxes to make the whole thing work. So, yeah. Just don't think that an EV conversion is easy or simple. I'm talking through a couple with other people at the moment. One's a, an elderly BMW, which is actually a, a cool car. But, you know, the quote on paper looks to be about $80,000. But I can tell you, reality will be about one hundred and fifty to one hundred and sixty grand to convert this car for the guy. And it's like, that's way too fucking dear. How can that happen? Well, you add up the hours and you add up the parts... Boys and girls, there's no actual, here comes a whole heap of motorcycles. One, two, three, four, five. I reckon they're going to call in here. No? Are they going to come and say hello to the range anxiety team? Look, listen to that rubbish. Oh, I love it. Good on you. It's like those old flogs that ride right around Royal Enfields and call themselves, you know, the distinguished old wank sticks or something and try and back out their call with their beard wax and shit. But anyway... Yeah, EV conversions aren't cheap and they aren't easy. And if you are paying someone to do one and it's got to be successful and actually fucking work, expect to pay a whole shitload of money. Now, in the YouTube uh, show that we're going to shoot this week, we might talk a little bit about more more about EV conversions in general. I might get a, black, a whiteboard out and start drawing shit on it and talk to people. And, of course, the good news about the... Um, the pilot, and the pilot's always the best when you film a series, isn't it? Of Range Anxiety YouTube is that Hobobe is going to be there in form, and I've given him a day to recover from the shower block incidents at Roxby, and uh, yeah, we're we're really looking forward to filming it. So if you're interested in some more DIY EV content, then sure, uh, hear it from the person that doesn't know. 
because uh, you'll be able to hear it here first, live at Stellantis Radio. So thanks once more for listening to Arrange Anxiety.